I want to focus on the subject death by lies. People of the internet, it's EDB here. That's Eric Deshaun Baird for long. And if you're listening to this when it is released on Sunday, August the 9th, then you are aware this is our Sunday morning experience, our worship service, if you will. And so what I would like for you to do is as we prepare, you got about a minute uh, from the time that I finished this moment of conversating to get your mind right. And while you're getting your coffee, your donuts, your pastries, whatever you're going to to consume, please uh, consider this moment of not an ad, but a call to conscious. And then afterwards, we will begin our service. Amen. Amen. How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord of heavenly forces. My very being longs, even yearns for the Lord's courtyard. My heart and my body will rejoice out loud to the living God. The Lord is a sun and shield. God is favor and glory. The Lord gives, doesn't withhold good things to those who walk with integrity. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to another Sunday morning at the First Virtual Church where you can be with us and we can be with you no matter where you are or what you are going through. Family, we strive to walk together in Christian love. We will strive to avoid a contentious spirit. We engage to watch over, to pray for, to exhort, and stir up unto each other every good word and work to participate in each other's joys and with tender sympathy, bear one another's burdens and sorrows, to be slow to give or take offense, but ready for reconciliation. When we leave each other, we engage as soon as possible to reunite and can carry out the spirit of this covenant, both with God and each other. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. This morning, song Thank you. and prayer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This morning, our song is, More Like Jesus Would Be. More Like Jesus Would I Be. Let my Savior dwell with me. Fill my soul with peace and love. Make me gentle as a dove. More Like Jesus Will I Go. Pilgrim in this world below. Poor in spirit would I be, let my Savior dwell in me. If he heareth the ravens cry, if his ever watchful eye mock the sparrow whose they, when they fall, surely he will hear my call. He will teach me how to live, all my sinful thoughts forgive, pure in heart. I still would be, let my Savior dwell in me. More like Jesus when I pray, more like Jesus day by day. May I rest me by his side, where the tranquility waters guide. Born of him, through grace renewed, by his love my will subdue. Rich in faith, I still would be. Let my Savior dwell in me. Most gracious and all-wise Father, we just thank you this morning. We thank you, O gracious Father, for letting us rise, O God, and letting us be able to come together once again to praise your holy and righteous name. And, O God, we just thank you for all things. We thank you for being there for us all night long. We just thank you. And as we go forth this day, God, go, God, we want to go forth as shining lights in this dark world. Shine on us, God. Shine on us, God, that we might be spotlights in this dark world, that we might be able to win other souls, boys and girls, men and women. We will win them to you, God. Oh, God, help us today, God, to keep our eyes focusing on you. Because, oh, God, without you, we are nothing. And we just thank you for this morning. And as we come, oh, God, again to worship your holy name, 
draw in the wonders of our minds and the scatterings of our many thoughts. And help us, O oh God, to hear your word. And not only hear your word, but help us to be doer this word, God. We just thank you this morning. We praise you and we love you. And, oh, God, bless the speaker of the hour. Minister to him, God. And we just say thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen and amen. 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 The scripture reading this morning focuses on fret not thyself. And the scriptures are Psalm 37, verses 1 through 11, and Psalm 37, verse 40. Psalm 37, 1 through 11. Fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. And he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light, and thy judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord, and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. Cease from anger, and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil, for evildoers shall be cut off. But those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. For yet a little while, and the wicked shall not be. Yea, thou shalt diligently consider his place, and it shall not be. But the meek shall inherit the earth, and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. And we close with Psalm 37:40. And the Lord shall help them and deliver them. He shall deliver them from the wicked and save them because they trust in him. Amen. Amen. This morning's observations, meditation. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. All right, morning. try that again. Good morning now. Come on. Good morning. Good morning. I, Good morning. I know it's early, but uh, anyway. Um, I was thinking this week about uh, when I was younger, <clears throat> you know, about two or three years ago, I'd play a game. With, my brother would play a game with me, my sister, whatever, uh, even friends. You know, we'd, we'd play, what's that called, hide and seek. And they'd mm-hmm. hide and I'd try to seek them. Uh, you know, and sometimes they would uh, uh, just uh, they'd prank me, and you, you know, we all know what that is. They, they'd lie and wait for me, and as I'd walk by, they'd uh, jump out and surprise me and scare me and and cause me to, uh, you know, lose focus on what I'm doing. Then they could run back to the the home base and beat me. Then then I'd have to beat it again, uh, you know, and that would go on quite a bit. But as I would uh, as we'd play, I'd get a little bit wiser, and I would be ready for when they would be hiding behind the door, and I would just, uh, I wouldn't really go through the door. I'd act like I was going through the door, and I'd push on it, and they'd try to come out from behind it, and I'd be able to to, to tag them or make them it, and then they would say that I was cheating because I knew where they were at, must have been looking or or whatever when I was counting, but uh, we all know that wasn't true, you know. Where uh, you know when you're little, you never you never try to uh, pull a fast one or, or cheat on somebody, but uh, you know. And I was thinking about that this week, and I was also thinking about uh, the way we go through our lives. Sometimes when we come to a door, we don't know whether we should go through it or not. Um, sometimes when we go through it, 
there's something on the other side of that door that uh, maybe we shouldn't be <laughs> in that doorway or in that entranceway, mm-hmm. and uh, we have to run away from it or retreat, or maybe it's to, you know it's to prepare us for something else. And um, along those lines, I was um, when I was looking for scripture, I uh, I uh, referred back to the beginning of the Bible in Genesis, Genesis four, uh, verse seven. Uh, it says, um, if you do well, you will be accepted. If if you do not do well, sin lies at the door. And and its uh, desire is for you, but you should rule over it. You know, so, uh, you know, sometimes sin does lie at the door for us. Sometimes we get to that door and we know we shouldn't take that other step through that door, but we do. And when we do, what happens? We're grabbed by that sin and pulled even further into that that abyss that we may have not, uh, we, sh- we should have ran away from. But sometimes we feel we can handle whatever, you know, lies there. But as we... Uh, as we find out very shortly, we can't do that. And the more we go through those doors, I guess, you know, I'm saying that sometimes it becomes easy to do that. It becomes easy to go through those doors and into that sin. And Satan knows what, what turns us and, and causes us to uh, be pulled in, uh, you know, whatever it might be, uh, you know, whatever that temptation that he knows uh, that dwells, you know, in, in maybe um, – in our nature and in our hearts, uh, because he, he does rule um, over this land that we walk on, and we have to be prepared for that, and we have to, you know, be smarter than Satan. And by doing that, uh, we have to use the Scripture to help us become stronger in our walk with God and in our walk with Jesus, so we know when Satan's behind that door, instead of uh, going through that door, maybe we just push on it. And, 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 and joke him instead and get him instead and, and tell him, look, now you're in trouble. I'm the one that is uh, in charge here. Jesus put me in charge of my life, and Jesus gave me Amen. the eternal salvation. So we have to, you know, uh, we'll be back. We're going to be back to the, to the base before you are. We're going to be strong again, and we're going to rule over who you are just because that's our promise. That's the promise was given to us by the death of Jesus on the cross. So when we get ready to go through a door, sometimes it, we have to take that little half step back and just say, okay, Lord, is this the door for me? Is this the right way I should go? And usually when we ask, he will give us that answer because he tells yes, us he will. will. He will provide for us and he will take care of us. Amen. Because God is good, not just today, but all the time. You know, and all the time, God is even better. And uh, as as we uh, grow in age, we we grow in maturity. Hopefully, we grow in spiritual maturity. You know, in in our walk with Jesus, in uh, in our walk with God. And I know, and you all know, and 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 I'm sure Eric understands also. The stronger you want to be, and the stronger you're trying to be with God, Satan tries to even be stronger against you. He always he lays more traps and snares for you because he wants to grab you by the, the heels and pull you back, where he wants to push you through that door, where he makes things look better on the other side. And we know that Satan's just a bunch of lies, and he uses any lie that he can to to cause us to trip and fall because that's when he celebrates. He celebrates when we sin and when we fall and we do something against what God tells us to do. But, you know, mm-hmm. the celebration on God's side is a whole lot better than what Satan has for yeah. us. And the celebration of eternal life should give us the strength to just go through that. Don't go through that door. Go through the right door. Go through the door of salvation. Go through the door that Jesus has opened for us that we may rejoice again and we may celebrate our, our eternal life and our eternal life in the mansions of heaven. Amen and amen. 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 Right door. So I want to um, have a conversation with you right quick because 
as we are speaking, they are, well, the 7 a.m. crowd, the ones who uh, we share a conversation with here, is chatting with a buddy of mine named David Schlieper. David Schlieper is, um, well, he's from the white side of town. I mean, really, 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 really white. I mean, he's so red that if you smack him, no, you don't have to smack him. You just look at him and he'll, his neck will just go poof, like a little apple. And I'm nervous. I'm nervous because we live in a society that automatically dismiss people. Not saying that blacks are going to dismiss Mr. Sleeper, but in some cases, Mr. Sleeper or those like him might say things to cause the blacks to dismiss him. And it's because of a lack of understanding. The people perish because of a lack of understanding. And so I'm intentionally not listening to the conversation. I'm intentionally distancing myself from it because of that nervousness. And it's a sad reality that we have to live in this world where these types of conversations make us nervous. We only want to hear our four and no more. We only want to connect with those who share our views. And I'm not opposed to that. For after all, the scripture does says, how can walk, or how can two, should I say, walk together except they be in agreement? That's what it actually says. Please forgive me, friend. Thank you for that moment of blunder. And so since uh, having relationships with people that you disagree with is somewhat impossible, the biblical context speaks of that. It still does not mean that we can't be cordial. In that same book, it says, seek peace with all men. Try, at least. The reality of it is, we have built a society that does not want to try. And so I am having this moment where I am struggling, hoping that this conversation does work. I'm not going to say that there's going to be a complete agreement. I'm not going to say that David Schlieper is going to join the black church, nor any of these folks going to join the white one. There will be that separation based on culture. I totally understand that. In some cases, I welcome it and appreciate it. But I do believe there is room for understanding. I do believe there is room for us to be able to communicate. And that is what I hope we can accomplish with this conversation. So you did not hear it, nor are you connected to same. But if you can, uh, just keep that in your thoughts as we are listening to our serenading, our musical selection here in a moment. Also, if you can do me a favor, the Postal Service why am I concerned with the Postal Service? I'm concerned with it because of the persons who, again, we share this call with. That 7 a.m. crowd, for the most part, pays their bills via the mail. They send it back and forth. Uh, everything they do is basically checks and mail, right? And without any type of well, if they shut down the mail, these folks don't use the internet. Let's just be real. Let's not dance around this. Let's just go straight in. They don't use the internet. They're not, you know, app friendly or even smartphone ready. So now their bills don't get paid. Or by privatizing the post office, what you're saying is to these uh, small persons or these people who are on fixed incomes because that's really all that use the post office right now. You're going to give a free ticket 
to an organization or a group of same to basically say, hey, we can charge whatever we want for you to send your letter. And if we want to say that it's going to cost you $5.12 just to send one letter, if I got to send 12 letters at $5.01, well, (laughs) we don't have to do the math on that. So when you're thinking, think about grandma. Number one, think about the conversation that we need to have with grandma that maybe we need to be more online friendly. Maybe we need to get ourselves ready for the online. I think that is the safest way at this point to ensure that we are prepared for whatever might happen. This guy could get reelected. That is a conversation that we have to be prepared to have. And what he can do in his second term. And also, while you're in your moment of thought, can you please do me a favor? Can you please just wear your masks, peoples? We're pushing. They're arguing. By December, 300,000 people could be dead because of COVID. 300,000. Three, do I need to say that again? 300,000 people, as somebody just texted me to let me know that it is by Thanksgiving heading into the 1st of December. Even though that's what I said, but they they kind of pushed it back. It was kind of like by December, around about Christmas time. But no, they're saying no, Thanksgiving right into They've canceled Black Friday because of this. So please, wear your mask. Pray for Grandma. And pray that we are able to properly have these conversations we need to have. And with that, Mama Bell is going to play. And then we're going to have a conversation. Mama Bell.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Must be a Santa Claus big day. Mm-hmm. Song of the week was by her, and Mama Bell played a song by her. That blind lady did a lot of good stuff. Bless her heart. She encourages mm-hmm. my lady self a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. I want to focus, as we have heard, the scripture. Uh, Psalms 120, verse 2. From there, I want to focus on the subject, death by lies. Death by lies. Now, Father, I ask that you would allow me to present your case today. And all those listening, both now and forever, will hear what you are saying unto us. May we hear without shadow or doubt. It's your truth. In Jesus' name, and all in agreement, said amen. 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 Our conversation today takes us back to the summer of 1955. Some 65 years from this current moment in time, we find ourselves psychologically traveling back in our emotional time machine to the city of Money, Mississippi. There was a little town outside of the Mississippi Delta where a 14-year-old boy, some of you may have known him, or certainly may have heard of him by now, named Emmett Lewis Till, died. Mr. Till was a young man who was just on summer vacation. He left Chicago and went down to Money, Mississippi to stay with his uncle. And as he was there, he, just like Trayvon Martin, he had recently went to the store, the little corner store. As he walked in the corner store, he was met by a 21-year-old at the time named Carolyn Bryant. Carolyn Bryant, we know how this story ends. We don't have Mm -hmm. to read the newspaper. But she claimed. She claimed that Young Till whistled at her, flirted with her. On the conversational point of the day, he catcalled her. This led to her husband, Roy Bryant, and her his friend or brother-in-law, Stories contradict which is which. But rather, Roy Bryant and J.W. Millen went to the grandfather's house, the great uncle's house, excuse me, of Emmett Till at somewhere around 2 a.m. August the 28th and abducted the boy drug him into the woods and to spare you the the gruesomeness of the details, the result was his lynching and then his burial in the Tallahassee River. A young man 
death by lies. The interesting thing about this conversation is there were a lot of holes in the Carolyn Bryant story. But because this was the Jim Crow South, because this was a racist community, and because the conversation of the day was that whites were right, somebody say death by lies. Because the conversation was whites were right, the testimony of Ms. Bryant was deemed irrelevant. It was struck in from the court record. The jury could not even use it in the argument or in deliberation, should I say. And so you have these two, Roy Bryant and J.W. McMillan, who were acquitted of murder. Abduction and murder. And because of a little law we know as double jeopardy, they could not be retried. So once the case was closed and the file was sealed, these two became pompous and pious, sedate and sedity. They were feeling themselves. They got real good. They decided to publicly admit that they had done the crime that they had just been acquitted for. Death by lies. Then we have young Carolyn Bryant, who uh, later on in her years, some would argue, was a deathbed confession. But she, too, admitted that her story was fabricated. Mm -hmm. This young man, 14 years old, this would have been his freshman year in high school. At least in my generation, I think back then high school started a little earlier than it does now. But he was on his way to a bright future. He had potential, this Emmett Till. He seen pictures of her. The boy was pretty. That's why it makes sense to me why the girl did some things. Yeah, she went after him. He said, how do I know? Because it's happened before. You go over to the book of Genesis, chapter 37 through 39. You've heard about Joseph. Potiphar's wife did the same thing to him. Tried to try. Women, and I hate to say this, but if you just allow me a moment, in some cases, and I want to put a special emphasis on some cases, have been trapping men for decades. I've heard stories of young men who have babies. They would argue, Eric, I hung around with old men, so you have to forgive me for uh, this type of conversation, but, you know, they trained me some things. I said, Eric, when you have sex, don't let the girl put the condom on. You put it on. And I said, why not? She said, because she'll mess around, poke a hole in the thing. <laughs> you won't even know it. And then she'll hold you down, sit on you. So when yeah. you're ready to go, you can't get up. Little tricks that they have done to trap men. Mm-hmm. But that's not my conversation today because not only... Is death by lies a struggle for our brothers? But death by lies is also a struggle for our sisters as well. 
As a matter of fact, to give you some some information, there's an organization called the Innocence Project. The Innocence Project has done some data and has argued that 2.3 to 5% of prisoners are being incarcerated based on charges they did not commit. Mm-hmm. 2.3 to 5% are in jail now based on lies. To give you more context, there are 2.4 million prisoners in these states united, and out of those 2.4 million prisoners, 120,000 of them are argued to be incarcerated based on a lie. I was reading a story in the Apple News app. I have to give them credit in case they want to flag me. And it was about this young man, well, now senior man, called Wayne Bryant. No, he's not in the connection to Carolyn or Roy. This guy's black. But then again, that may not mean nothing. But my point is, Wayne Bryant is in prison right now just because he stole some hedge clippers. Mm-hmm. And the judge sentenced him to life in prison. Oh, gosh. For, for stealing some hedge clippers. Now, that's not the important thing. The important thing was when they argued his release to the Supreme Court of Louisiana, they argued that the lower court's decision was relevant and should stand. And there was one sole voice on the Supreme Court. It was a black judge. A black judge who said that this is not right. And then argued, how much money do we spend? And they said, if this man lived, he went in at 38, he has now been in some 20 years, I say. And if he lived or is in jail another 20 years, they estimate it would cost the taxpayer $1 million. Louisiana will pay $1 million to keep this man in prison over hedge clippers. Now, why did I bring that up? Because if it costs $1 million to keep this man in prison for hedge clippers, how much is it costing us to keep people in prison for lies? Mm We are suffering in our society because of lies. Another thing that I want to say, and I'm going to move on, because this same organization, the Innocence Project, by which I'm referring to, presented the case that from 1973 until this moment, not only is 120,000 people in prison lies, but we have murdered close to 200 over lies. Death by lies. But today we were talking about Mama Teal. And I'm not going to, again, bring up the gruesomeness of this conversation because I know my stomach can't take it. But I remember some time ago when the National Museum of Black History was opened in D.C. We, again, appreciate the legacy of Representative John Lewis for 
fighting to get that. And then we also, and I know this may be an unpopular statement by some, but we have to appreciate the presidency of George W. Bush because every president from Barack Obama to Bill Clinton would have argued. That would have, even John Lewis himself would argue. That would have never gotten through with a Democratic president. George Bush believed in it, and he signed the bill to get that through. And so with that, we have this wonderful piece of history or this wonderful place to house the nation's black history, African-American history. Mm -hmm. And because of uh, Reverend Chavis allowing me to accompany her, I went into that museum and we got to the part where Emmett Till's exhibit was. Mm-hmm. Mama Stacy, I'm a Reverend Aunt Mama Stacy. I like to call her that when we in public. See, we official now. I got to go Reverend and stuff. You know, we get out in the street. You know, we got to call them Aunt Mama Stacy. She looked at me as we walked around, and we walked side by side, and we were laughing and joking and enjoying the exhibits. We went all the way down into the basement, and and it's amazing when you get all the way down there, all the way down y'all. Just start at the first floor and just go all the way down. See, the thing is, we like to start in the middle and go up. No, we got to go down and figure out what's down there first. I explained to young people, if you don't know where we've been, you can't know where we are, and it won't help you do nothing where we're going. We got down and we realized that it all started over sugar and rum. It's on the wall. Racism is horrible. Slavery is even worse. Who else is going to make our sugar in our room? So we get to the Emmett Till, and after about an hour or two, three, four floors, somewhere in there, my dear Aunt Mama Stacy Reverend Chavis said, well, son, it's been nice talking to you. I'm going to just sit right here. You're going in it by yourself. Now, I understand it. I do now. You went in there and you looked down, saw a photo in a casket of this young man. And, again, I will spare you the details, but if you've been around long enough, you already know. Mm-hmm. And I asked myself, I said, why did Mama Till do that? Mama Till, are you crazy? I mean, I understand you just lost your son. Might have had a mental relapse. Might have just pulled a Kanye West and been out your mind a little bit. But she said, she said, no, I ain't crazy. I ain't out my mind. I want y'all to see what lies will do. I want y'all to witness Death by lies. I want y'all to understand how it ruins the lives of innocent young men. How we have buried people, brutally destroyed them, not just physically, but we have brutally destroyed them emotionally and spiritually. And dare I say, even we have destroyed their minds. Death. By lies. And here we are, if you would think, after experiencing that gruesomeness, I, I remember also being in that same building, and I must say this because it fits the point that I'm trying to make here. There was a couple of white people that I followed. We got, I don't know why. I didn't really follow them. They were just happened to be in the same spot as I was. And as you're going through the exhibits, you kind of got to go in this little thing. If you've been in, in the museum, then you know. If not, I don't want to spoil it for you because you must go. It's a beautiful place. And I followed these white Asian. It was almost like this was a young United Nations in front of us. And I watched them all, just like me and Reverend Chavis. We were laughing and and enjoying ourselves and seeing where we had gotten to. But they went into that room, 
you saw the countenance, the facial expression, the mood. It was like there was an energy zapper that was right there at the entrance of that exhibit, and it just sucked the life right out of you. And when you looked down, whatever you had left was immediately gone too. And then I thought about it. Maybe that would have done it. Maybe that would have been the cure to our struggle, but here we are now almost seven decades later, six and a half to be precise, and we still have folks dying from lies. What do you do? When you are in a Mama Till situation, you are in or the family of a Trayvon Martin or George Floyd or Breonna Taylor, what do you do? They told me to read my Bible. Well, I read it. I read over there in Psalms 34 and 15. And I did what it said. I cried to the Lord. It said he heard me, but it don't feel like he did. It doesn't feel like I've been heard when I turn on the news and I hear that the little money that I had coming in is now gone and they can't figure out what to do next. Do you hear? When we have a leader, and I don't like to call them leaders, I like to call them the chief representatives, because only God is your leader. But when the chief representative appointed his top donor, a guy by the name of Louis DeJoy, to the United States Postal Service, and then he backed it. He's not paying overtime. He's not paying holiday pay like they were. And so the persons who used to faithfully deliver our mail near the rain or sleep, no, whatever they used to say, you know it. Now you find mail left in the back of the truck somewhere because once that time hits and my, my watch says that I have hit my eight hours, I'm done. I don't care if I ain't finished or not. People's bills have been left in the trash can. Folks not getting it. They get late charges on late charges. What do you do when they're forcing us back to work and back to school? They're forcing us to do things without pay. What do you do when you cry and it doesn't seem like he hears you? What do you do when it doesn't even seem like he can even see I read over in Romans, chapter 7, verse 21. That gave me a little bit of hope. When I thought about a young man who filmed the crowding of his school just to put it on the Instagram for his family and friends, but the media picked it up. Now he was suspended for the rest of the semester. What do you do? when he just posted an Instagram pic to tell his brothers and sisters not to come to school, it's dangerous. His good of evil lies, evil, evilified. Let me go ahead and make up words around here. Romans 7, 21 says, when I'm trying to do good, evil is always present. As I hurry on here, I think about something when I study black history. I think by now it's pretty obvious that I love history. You'll probably see me buried with a chicken bone, a Bible, and a history book in my hand. Well, that was funny in my head. And I thought about our ancestors 
They were depressed people. I know that that is not something we like to say. It's a, it's a bad stigma against depressed. God's people don't get depressed. But even David admitted he was depressed. Depression is a thing, and our mental health and the taking care of saying is just as important as you taking your diabetes medicine, your arthritic pill. Our mental health, the security and the sanctity of our mind is very important. But I thought about our senior people, our ancestors. You ask yourself, because you know I'm not that old. My bar mitzvah was, was, what, three weeks now? And I thought about them, and I said, how do they handle all of these situations that was happening back in the day? And I said, they had to appoint it to Matthew six nineteen through 21. One of them actually talked to me. I happened to find them one day as I was searching through the historical library of my mind. And he said, Brother EDB, Brother Eric, you have to understand something that we couldn't go to Bank of America back then. We couldn't go to Wachovia or BB&T or Wells Fargo. And if we did, that wouldn't be important anyway because you don't use them types of banks. No, you bank with the heavenly financial services because their robbers can't steal. You don't need identity theft insurance with the bank of heavenly services. Store up your treasures in heaven. But then it. I had to ask myself, as I hasten on, I'm going to be through in a minute, literally about two or three or five. Somewhere in there would be good. Why were these people oppressed? Why do we constantly have death by lies? I found myself on the bank of the James River mid to late 1700s. There, I chatted with a gentleman. This is a hard conversation to have. It's one of those things where they say you might need a stiff drink afterwards. A lot of Pepsi and fried chicken for me, please. But I chatted with a man named Willie Lynch. Willie Lynch was out there chatting with some slave owners. He said, y'all doing it wrong. The answer is in the Bible. It's over there in Exodus 1, 10, and 12. But I'm going to hide 12, and I'm going to stick to 10. He said, what do you do? How do you cause death by lies? You use the lies to divide them. You separate them. You pin them against each other. There was a gentleman who asked me the other day, he said, isn't it amazing how, and I shared this on Wednesday, how one group of people can do something in half a decade and black folks can't do it in seven. It's because as the devil wants to get in the helicopter, it's because They pinned us against each other. They used their tactics to divide us. They took the light ones and put them in the house and the dark ones and put them in the field and said, y'all were better than them Negroes out there in them cotton fields. Mm -hmm. And because we have this mindset of division, because as we mentioned last week, we, we suffer from the art of personal opinion. We have enormous death by lies. 
So what do you do? And even you study the sermons from that time where the preachers was told only focus on the scriptures that make the slave master look good. God is a good God. He put food on your table, clothes on your back, and a roof over your head, but if you cross them, he'll kill you. That's the slave gospel. They would read Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 17. They didn't want you to go there. Because they knew if you got there, you would understand that God is a savior. He's a mighty warrior. He will be there even in your time of distress. They didn't want you to go there. And then the other thing they didn't want you to do. They didn't want you to go in my final point, Rev, get ready. They didn't want you to go out Southern California, San Francisco area to be precise. They didn't want you to go out there and hear a gospel singer by the name of Andre Crouch. Andre Crouch sat down one day surveying all that we are discussing here right now. He looked through it, just as confused as you and I was. He had heard the gospel presented by this man, and he just came to the conclusion, I don't know why Jesus loves me. I don't know why he even cares. Can't tell you why he sacrificed his life. Oh, but I'm glad. Anybody glad this morning? Yes. Amen. If you're glad this morning, say, I'm so glad. I'm so glad. I'm so glad he said he loved me. My friends, on behalf of the platform by which you are listening to this, may I appreciate you for doing so and ask that you uh, do whatever the platform is required of you, whether it's liking, subscribing, following, adding, would you do so to make certain that you are connected the next time that we can chat? Not only would I like for you to do that, but um, Reverend Chavis has something else that she would like to add. So let me just go ahead and and put her right here so she can do that because I, I forgot my bad. Amen. Is that your testimony this morning? Are you so glad that Jesus loves you? Amen. Okay. Hallelujah. For those who don't know that love, for those who are unsure of that love, now is the time to commit yourself to the saving grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I offer for you this salvation prayer. Lord Jesus, I come to you today. I am a sinner, but you died for me. Jesus Christ, I know you to be the Son of God the Father. Come into my life. Be my Lord and Savior. By your resurrection, take control of my life from this day forward. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for loving me. My friends, as we prepare to go, I want to share with you that coming up here on tomorrow morning, if you're listening to this when it is released on August the 9th, we'll be here every morning, 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, encouraging, educating, but most importantly, encouraging each other. So please, now that you know that you have subscribed to the podcast, added, followed, liked, whatever it asks you, you'll be ready, and I'll be ready. And I'm excited, and I know you are too. So we're going to leave for now. Reverend Chavis is going to give us the blessing, and we'll chat soon. Receive now the benediction to the one who is able to protect you from falling and yeah. to present you blameless and rejoicing before his glorious presence to the only God our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, belong glory, 
majesty, power, and authority before all time, now and forever. Amen. 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 Be well.